G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. So often you might hear the sentiment that the Christian church needs to be a prophetic voice to the nation. You heard that before? If only a new style of Moses would march into the parliament and deliver the oracles of God. Well, these days, in a nation like Australia, a Moses-styled leader is more likely to be wearing a suit, contending for the faith, raising a voice in the public square, and influencing lawmakers in a battle for truth and righteousness. And that doesn't mean there isn't room for a few Elijahs, John the Baptists, and Apostle Pauls. But coming up on the 22nd and 23rd of this month, that's just a week and a half away, there's another opportunity to add momentum to the Christian voice in the political marketplace. The second Church and State Summit is on in Brisbane, and listeners all over Australia will be able to access a live web stream if you can't be there. Dave Pellow is the architect behind the Church and State Summit and the founder of the Australian Free Speech Coalition. He's also a new media activist and political commentator. Dave Pellow, a special welcome along to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Thank you for having me. Dave, last year's Church and State Summit, a huge success. You had a who's who lineup of speakers last year. Give us a little insight into why it's so important to give attention to the sort of summit that's going to be on in just a week and a half. Look, uh, there's been a lot of conversation I've picked up even very recently uh, where there's suggestions uh, even from some Christians and um, sadly, some pastors who would say that the church should be apolitical, and that word means having no voice, having no opinion. Uh, and I don't know how people who are called to be salt and add flavor and light and illuminate and reveal reveal truth cannot have a voice or an opinion. That's just counter to what the Bible calls us to do. In fact, in Isaiah 59, where it says there's no justice in the courts, truth has been outlawed, it says that uh, God was amazed that no one would intervene where there was no justice and help the oppressed. So there's this concern that some church leaders, and let's not tar everyone with the same oh, brush, because not. you know not. there are church pastors, priests, leaders who are so, so intensely interested in the ways that the nation is moving, uh, that they are, in fact, uh, making a difference in their communities. But yes, there will be some. Uh, who are almost believing the rhetoric of this left-wing move to try and silence the church. Yeah. And uh, somehow or other, that has to be countered. Look, I don't blame pastors at all. Their job, their gift, is to protect the flock. And so the number one thing they want to protect against is division. The number one thing Paul wanted to protect the church against was division. He promoted unity just about at any cost, kicking people out of fellowship who would would not submit and would not come into unity. Uh, Now, I appreciate that. That's very biblical and very good. However, there is a wise way that we can have politics in our church without being partisan. 
So I disagree that we should be apolitical. We should be political, but we should also be nonpartisan. Our unity comes from following Jesus and following Scripture and following his calls and his heart for justice and liberty and peace. And um, these are the things that our neighbors want. And it's not out of self-interest. It's not out of loyalty to a party. It's out of love for neighbor and loyalty to Jesus that we advocate for justice in the public square. And we cannot be silent. Ultimately, while we might try to be nonpartisan, uh, come polling day, uh, you arrive at the election voting booth and you are then becoming partisan because you are putting a one in that particular party that you say, these are the ones that I'm going to support. So there is a certain partisan nature to it because ultimately when we come to the crunch we're actually going to be casting a vote aren't we let me disagree uh it's important to get our definitions right and probably the safest way to do it is to if there's any confusion uh we need to clarify our definitions partisan means loyalty to a party uh voting along party lines it it doesn't mean having an opinion um so we should be non-partisan we shouldn't have uh, loyalties to a party or a politician before Jesus or our neighbours. We owe no man anything except a debt of love, the Bible says, and that approach, scriptural, should be applied in politics as well. Now, here's how we form an opinion then on who to vote for without partisan loyalties. Uh, we survey the candidates who we're asked to vote for, not the parties, not their leaders. We're asked to vote for local people. We survey them. We ask them questions, all of them with an open mind and an open heart and an open Bible. Will you fight against abortion if the vote comes up in Parliament? Will you fight against eroding religious freedom if the vote comes up in Parliament? And if you do, then you have a chance to win my vote because I am an undecided voter. Now, the answers that we get back from this, and silence is a negative answer, ignorance is ignorant, Um, the, the answers we get back will help us rank the local candidates that we have to choose from and therefore choose the most righteous, godly, justice-concerned candidates for our electorate. Now, if we all vote this way, we will have a parliament of people who are concerned about justice. All right. We're going to invite listeners to participate in our conversation. And let's open our talkback lines on 1-800-316-316. We'll take some calls uh, as they come through. The Church and State Summit. I mentioned you had a who's who of fabulous speakers last year. Uh, who is on the keynote speaker lineup? Because I know you've got a lot of speakers in here. Give yeah. us a, give us an impression about who you've got confirmed. There's about 15 uh, speakers, and I try to make them very high caliber uh, because this is an annual event. It's intensively designed to train teenagers and tradesmen and, and political novices and nerds. Uh, something that they can apply tomorrow in a conversation that's got to be practical. Um, at the same time, we we don't want to come out for somebody who's, you know, with all due respect, boring to listen to. Uh, so um, it's good to have a mixture of people you haven't heard of before who are nonetheless high caliber and, and people that you may have heard of before and are still going to be really good uh, content um, and, and charisma. So uh, everybody may have heard of Miranda Devine. Um, she's a a, uh, a quite high-profile Christian columnist who writes for the uh, Daily Telegraph, in which is a Sydney newspaper. Um, but obviously everybody has the internet and articles are read around Australia now. Um, she was previously in Fairfax, uh, some of the uh, other side of, of I guess, um, the media um, spectrum. 
and uh, she's going to be talking to us about how Christians can wisely consume media, how we can use media to be effective in influencing culture. And uh, she's got a great voice there. And also headlining Friday night's um, session is uh, Senator Amanda Stoker. Now, she's a current senator for Australia. She's also a a practicing, when not in parliament, when not elected, she's uh, got a career as a barrister. And, of course, she's a Christian. And so with these three hats, she's going to come and talk to us about does freedom of religion mean freedom from religion, as uh, many of our critics would like to assert. And, and we need to be able to answer those questions. When you've got a whole bunch of speakers, I know that there'll be some saying, well, if only I was in Brisbane where this church and state summit is going to be. But I know that you have a heart, not just for people who will be around that southeast Queensland, northern New South Wales area, and you've gone the extra mile uh, in order to be able to invite listeners uh, all over Australia to this program today to be able to participate. And it's going to be a live web stream. So wherever you are around Australia, you'll be able to see these speakers in real time speaking as you're accessing that online. We're 99% sure that uh, we're going to be able to do it live, um, but we're guaranteeing that uh, you will get the full videos from the whole summit uh, for a quarter of the cost of going to the summit. It's only $20. And you'll be able to get all the videos and watch them either live or delayed online. You might like to participate in this conversation. You can direct where this conversation goes. Let's take a call. This is a listener calling from Brisbane. Hello. Welcome along. Yes. uh, Good morning. It's Jim here. Uh, Jim, what are your thoughts? Uh, Let me say that um, I'm going to the conference at least one of the days. We're mining grandkids for the second so a couple of our kids can go. Um, it's just so reasonable. I can't believe he's, uh, Dave's kept it down to a reasonable price. Uh, with regards to that, some excellent speakers. Looking forward to it. Now, with regards to these politicians, Thanks, these politicians, the one in our electorate in Brisbane, um, he actually spoke, he showed, he showed me the YouTube video where he spoke against same sex marriage. But guess what? He voted for it. Mm-hmm. He didn't abstain, he voted for it. Wow. And that just sort of irks me quite considerably, yep. uh, a Christian bloke. Um, and, uh, yeah, so what, what do you do? Like, you might go and ask them, you know, what are their beliefs on that, but then when, when, when it comes to the crunch, um, they'll do the opposite. Yeah, well, what we've got to do there is uh, work with the system. Now, democracy is not a perfect system. It's just the best bad system we've got. Um, I think Winston Churchill said something along those lines. And uh, what that means is at the next election, uh, rather than having to rely on his word, with a lot of our candidates, we have to rely on their answers to our direct questions. We have to ask them very direct questions. Uh, How will you vote if this comes up? However, when we have their voting record, their words are not as uh, reliable as their voting record is. And so we can add that into the mix. So when you survey all of your federal candidates at this election coming, uh, you write to all of them and ask them how they're going to vote on, on the specific issues and then take into your consideration what you know about how those uh, the, the current member did vote when, uh, when push came to shove in the um, parliament that we've got. Okay, thank you so much to Jim. Thanks, Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Jonathan is in Perth. Hello, Jonathan. Welcome yeah. along. Yeah, hello, Neil. Uh, you know that... 
The Bible says that when the wicked man is leading the country, all those who are ruling all the, the whole nation will be destroyed, destroyed because of the wicked one. And when righteous man is leading the nation, it flourishes because of the righteous man. So I don't know where we get the ideology from the Christian to get involved in politics. And we let the blind leading us. This is why the world is in danger today. Because we let the people who are wicked to lead throughout. Okay, well, we've got a wickedness that leads to uh, the destruction of a nation. We've got righteousness that exalts a nation. Your thoughts for Jonathan? Uh, we get the parliament we deserve, and our, our nation is um, certainly increasingly rejecting Christian values, and uh, the politicians are trying to reflect that. The way we can solve that, the way we can get righteous people in government, uh, even if they're kind of like... Um, the um, Osiris, is it? It's King Cyrus. King Cyrus. Yep. Even if they're an, a non-believing person who will righteously represent um, God's will, the way we do that is for the church to raise its voice in the public square. And we have a, poli- a, a um, political system that invites us to raise our voice. We're, we're uh, inclusive. We're pluralistic. We're liberal. There is no worldview that is ex- excluded from representation in our parliament. And the way we do that is we communicate to our candidates that they will not get our votes if they do not represent us, and we make them work for us. Thank you so much, Jonathan. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's hear from Anne in Labrador in Queensland. Hello, Anne. Welcome along. Yeah, hello. Nice to be with you. Nice to listen to your program too. Listen, I'm just wanting to know how... um, how we can trust people. Sometimes you were saying that to uh, tell that person who you're going to vote for, you know, um, and say what he's going to do when he's going to do it and then vote for him on his side. But sometimes when they do get into that position, even in Parliament, they waver and don't even do it. And even if we're going to vote, we still have to vote uh, on, on those because it's the leader that that is going to be in the Parliament. And so... How did that, how that most of them say, yes, we're going to do this and that. And then when they get in, they usually relent or they, they say that we can't do it because of this and because of that. So this is where and I... And you I make a good point well. because some people will just tell you anything to your face. Yeah. And this idea of trusting our politicians, actually trust has dispersed a little for our Very whole uh, yeah. political system. Uh, a quick response from you, Dave. Uh, again, the the thing that we have abdicated is the battleground, and we need to get into the political system. Uh, not as political activists, not everybody wants to spend as much time and energy on it as as I do, and and I do. But I submit that we can uh, spend two to three hours a year, no more, very very low investment, and have massive influence. Right now, there is at least one or more LNP politicians in Queensland who are fearing pre-selections and the next elections because of the way they voted on the abortion bill. And those people who have a heart for justice and a heart for the peace and liberty and justice of their neighbour must raise their voice and say, my supply of vote and political power will be given to the person who represents these values that I hold dear and will be taken away from the person who betrays those values. And it may not help us in one election, but within two or three elections, if we are consistently rewarding the good and punishing the bad with our supply of electoral power, we will see representation come back to us where people will no longer 
feel brave enough to promise us one thing with full intentions of betraying it later. Dave Pello, the architect behind the Church and State Summits and founder of the Australian Free Speech Coalition. And joining us this hour too, Pastor Mark Powell, his associate pastor of Cornerstone Presbyterian Church in Strathfield in Sydney, a former moderator of the Presbyterian Church of New South Wales and regularly writes for The Spectator. Let me say a special welcome to you, Mark. Yeah, thank you very much, Neil. It's great to be with you. Mark, you're going to be one of the speakers at the Church and State Summit. Give us a little impression here, because you write about faith and politics, and yet you've got that P.S., pastor before your name, a former moderator of the Mm. Presbyterian Church. What is it with Christian leaders and the need for engaging politically? Yeah, thanks, Neil. Um, I think we've really reached... Um, a day and age where many are starting to see that Christians are, are functionally operating on a practical everyday level, almost as um, the old heresy of Gnostics. That is, they they have almost muzzled themselves to not have a prophetic voice in the public square. Um, the, the ancient heresy of Gnosticism, you know, sort of saw this very sharp distinction between the spiritual world and the physical world, and I think, unfortunately, many today are bought into that ancient, um, uh, that ancient heresy in the modern church so much that we see um, the public square as uh, secular in a atheistic, materialistic sense, uh, mm. and we only have a voice in our in our churches. I think that is radically, actually, unbiblical and yep. unchristian, particularly when you look at the history of the church. We've always called, like you said at the beginning of your segment, to have a prophetic voice. Yep. Okay. Dave Pello, as the organiser of this uh, summit, you don't want just uh, newspaper columnists and uh, people who are commentators on a sort of a faith uh, politics type of a platform. You want pastors like Pastor Mark Powell to be there and there is a certain uh, level at which you can communicate at church leadership level when you have someone at the with the caliber of Pastor Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it it is so, my message is very typically aimed straight at the the parishioner, the congregant, the average Christian uh, saying, don't leave it to your pastor. This is you. You are the church. You are the voice of the church to society. Don't be silent and don't blame your pastor where, when you don't hear the voice. Um, however, it's exciting when Christian leaders take that lead and, t- and stand up and say, uh, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a pastor and he stood against a corrupt and unjust regime in Nazi Germany. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was a pastor and he stood up against in law racial segregation in his country which is which was unjust and you know we need these pastors to be setting the standard and it could be no more than in their pulpits talking about the need for that uh, you know the authority in the pulpit um, should really be driving the conscience of the nation uh, but by the same token you've got um, pastors like um, pastor margaret court who wrote a simple letter to her newspaper, just a letter to the editor. How very simple and how very, very effective, especially when we don't leave a handful of pastors to do it by themselves.
We're taking calls 1-800-316-316 to participate in our conversation today. You can also leave a note on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. But let's take another call. Morris is on the line from Brisbane. Hello, Morris. Welcome. Oh, g'day. Yeah, g'day, David. And um, look, what you're doing, what you've organised here is fantastic, mate. I think we need to encourage to do that. And um, I think we should perhaps consider as well um, that we live in a country where we're free enough to be able to have such a, a summit. Um, mm. and I don't think that should be underestimated because yeah. I guess I, I've been passionate about this kind of issue for, I don't know, what is it now, about 18 months since the, the whole safe schools and the same-sex marriage debate was, <clears throat> excuse me, really much in the, in the public sphere. Um, I guess, you know, I've become quite engaged, I guess is the word, um, whereas previously I wasn't. I would define myself as, I guess, you know, almost apathetic towards politics, you know. Mm-hmm. I go to the election day, I vote for someone, and I get home as quickly as I can. Yep. So I've realised the importance of it. But I guess having been out there for, um, you know, trying to, I guess, push this idea amongst family and friends and, and whatever, just, you know, in a, in a, a domineering sort of, you must do this kind of way, but in, in a way that's, Right. more relational and trying to get people to, I guess, see it um, for what it is and, and the dangers that surround us with literally dangers to our freedoms that we take for granted. Morris, um, you are an example of what I think has happened in the nation and since that vote was lost on the same-sex marriage issue, you've been switched on to mm. a new level of thinking about what your responsibility as a Christian is. Dave, what's your thoughts for Morris? Uh, I think he's a champion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Look, um, you're not Robinson Crusoe. Most of us um, put more thought into choosing our next refrigerator than we do our next local representative. Um, And that's something that has to change um, if we care for our neighbours as much as we care for the quality of our um, produce. But um, what what William Wilberforce once said was that you can never, ever say again, I did not know. Uh, and, and that's the thing that you've exemplified is, is that you reached this point where you saw the national conversation decline into unrighteousness so far that you said, Radio, I, I know now, I'm awake and I will never again say I did not know. I will take responsibility and, and get more involved. So I don't mourn, um, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic about that thing. I think it was the biggest mistake they ever made, the undefinition of marriage, because so much of the church now, uh, everyday Christians are waking up and saying, now I know, and I'm not going to leave it to somebody else to decide the future of my children. Pastor Mark Powell, what are your thoughts on whether there is a sleeping giant that has been prodded and just like Morris uh, has been awakened to this idea that somehow or other political engagement is an important aspect of our faith? Yeah, Neil, I, I just want to say I think I agree 100% with what David Bellow has just said. Um Sadly, the sleeping giant is the church, and so many Christians, um, like the caller that just called in, I think have been awakened. If I could just say two passages of Scripture that I think has really stood by me over this, or really, I think God has really convicted me of in the last two years. The first is in the book of Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who refused to um, bow down to the image of gold that Nebuchadnezzar um, had had created, and so they were subsequently thrown into the um, furnace of fire. Uh, I ask myself often, how many Israelites were in exile at that time? Why is it that only three right. were not bending the knee to Baal? 
Uh, and it only takes the faithfulness of a few to stand up to really make a difference. And then following on from that um, is the letters to the churches in Revelation, in Revelation 2 and 3. I think, I often ask myself, what is the church in Australia like? And sadly, I think the church of, uh, in Australia is like the Church of Sardis. We have a reputation for being alive, but we're asleep. Mm-hmm. And we need to wake up. And I think the last um, 18 months to two years with the redefinition of marriage, well, I like how David's put it, the undefinition of marriage, because it's overturning millennia of what we understood marriage to be. It's just but a fraud, also yeah. Of, so of Safe Schools Coalition, uh, all of that, I think, is, is under God's sovereign hand, has woken up the church to speak his prophetic word again into the public square. I want to thank Morris from Brisbane for your call. Our talkback line remains open, 1-800-316-316, if you'd like to join in our conversation. There seems to be, Dave Pello, a chorus of voices, and I know you like to talk about these sorts of things when you've got journalists that seem to be against the church, musicians, movies, keyboard warriors, constantly telling us that the majority of non Christian Australians want the church to go away. What are your thoughts on on this this way that uh, that people are not necessarily wanting the church to go away because they notice that there is some sort of a glimmer of common sense and necessity for this Christian voice. There are so many people in Australia who are not represented, whose voices are not represented by the uh, the trendy rhetoric of uh, the secular state of Australia. Is is the assertion? Uh, Scott Morrison, in his opening address as a, a brand new member of Parliament uh, ten or so years ago, uh, said Australia is not a secular nation. We are a free nation, and the people of Australia, uh, many people in Australia, uh, want to hear the church uh, say what is right, say what is true, say what is real. The the uh, Lifespan, the average lifespan of Americans has been declining in consecutive years recently. And this is put down to a loss of hopelessness where people no longer know what is truth. And, you know, that's an age old question that Herod asked Jesus. And, and today the answer is the modern world's answer is there is no truth. And yet the truth, the church has the truth. And whether you're Christian or not, uh, the Australian average Australian citizen wants to know the truth and wants somebody who's absolutely certain of it with the confidence that we have in the word of God that we do know what is true. We do know the, the genders that God created, the family unit, the, the marriage that God created, the sanctity of life, the freedoms of political expression, religion, speech and association that God created. We know what is true because of word, God's word. And uh, it's up to us to not be silenced by other people or even by ourselves, but to make sure that we share that light with others. Pastor Mark Powell, it doesn't escape us at all that this is an election year. And you're one of the speakers at the Church and State Summit just a week and a half away. And the significance that this is a very, very important election that will be upon us. And who knows, perhaps even sooner rather than later in May. What are your thoughts about the significance of this time and of this election for Christians to be really engaging in issues of faith and politics? Oh, I really do believe it's absolutely vital. Um, Without being melodramatic, uh, the metaphor that keeps coming to my mind is we're sitting on the beach as a nation 
we're in our deck chair, we're sunning ourselves, we might be reading a book or, you know, with our sunnies on just dozing. We've seen the water go out, you know, with the redefinition of marriage and safe schools and so many other changes with transgenderism in society. And we're sort of thinking, oh, that's, that's peculiar. You know, that's different. And we don't realise that a tsunami of cultural change is about to happen. Mm. Um, look, I know as a pastor you're not supposed to be political or partisan in your politics in particular, but I, I fear that we're heading towards a Labor government which federally has committed itself to radical um, gender um, fluidity and um, LGBTIQ rights. Um, I, I think the majority of Christians even that I speak to have got their head in the sand as to how much change is about to be upon us. And look, I, I think you see one example of this, and this is the, the issue that's really close to my heart, is abortion. Mm. Um, it's now been decriminalised in Queensland. There's a major push to do the same um, in New South Wales. And what really, really alarms me is when it was decriminalised in Queensland, Jackie Trad, the, the Deputy Pro, um, Premier of the state, celebrated the killing of unborn children with lighting up bridges in purple. Uh, and what sort of society have we become right. where we rejoice in evil? Um, it, 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 I think it's vital for Christians to be re-engaging, not just in the public square in general, but in Australian politics in particular. There's a shakiness, uh, I note, that is perhaps across a lot of Christians uh, where, even as Dave was sharing a little earlier on just a few minutes ago about a confidence in the truth, uh, there's a certain sense in which there seems to be a, a shakiness about the Christian community in Australia where they may not be as confident in the truth. Otherwise, they may well be standing up against uh, some of these atrocities and for a place of righteousness. What are your thoughts about moving from a place, Pastor Mark, uh, from mm. being shaky to actually de deciding that you are confident in the truth and you will stand uh, for those, uh, those issues of righteousness? Yeah, look, that is a very, very key question, Neil. And I would think I would want to say two things in response. Um, the first is that we need to have courage. That's um, just pure and simple. And having courage means that we actually need to be prepared to suffer. Now, mm. Christians have always suffered. Mm -hmm. um, they've suffered um, to the point of martyrdom throughout the world. Um, but what I think we've found in Australia is we've just actually had it too good mm -hmm. for too long. We, we, we're not familiar with suffering. Um, and so that would be the very first thing I would say, is we need to have the courage to stand, like Shadrach, Meshach, and, and Abednego, or Abednego. The second thing is, like you say, we need to avail ourselves of the great truths that are in our tradition. Um, I see this in the media. It really alarms me, if I can be blunt, um, how biblically illiterate our media is. Um, you know, one of the, the deputy editors of The Australian wrote during the plebiscite that the Bible nowhere talks about hell. And I thought, how could um, somebody write that when, you, you know, from, from the lips of Jesus himself, he mentions hell no less than 12 times in the New Testament. Um, but uh, for me, it it's really is this, this statement by Peter um, Costello back in 2004, 
Um, and he wrote, ironically enough, in the Sydney Morning Herald, although I'm sure he would not be able to get this published even today in the Sydney Morning Herald, he said this. He said, if Arab tra- traders that brought Islam to Indonesia had brought Islam to Australia and settled or spread their faith among the indigenous population of our country, today would be vastly different. Our laws, our institutions, our economy would all be vastly different. And he said, but our society was founded by British colonists and the single most decisive feature that determined the way it developed was the Judeo-Christian Western tradition. And he ended by saying, as a society, we are who we are because of that heritage. Yeah, now, that, that's a direct quote. Now, my, my point to every Australian, but especially for those who are Christian, is simply this, that you need to avail yourself of this marvellous heritage that we have. Yeah. Um, and um, because, as David says, um, it's truth. Um, if I could just add one more thing in, um, one of the most popular articles I've published in The, in the Spectator in the last, well, 12 months, I've been writing for them longer than that, but I wrote a piece, 10 Non-Religious Reasons on Abortion, and, um, and it since went viral. It's still in the top 10, um, 12 months later. I asked the editor just before Christmas, I said, how many views has this piece had? And he said, oh, something approximately over a million. Wow. And, uh, and I thought to myself, what, what, what's changed here? Because, you know, really all I was doing, Neil, was I was taking the truths of the Bible really common grace, what you would call truths, and just saying, you know, this applies. And, and I think it's really touched a nerve with people because they're actually able to say, yes, this actually is true. And so I, I would just want to encourage people, have courage to stand, yep. but also have courage, or not just courage, but make the commitment to avail yourselves of these truths because... Uh, not only are they self-evident, but they've re- been revealed to us by God himself. Okay, time is running short. Let's take one more call. Chris is in Victoria. Hi, Chris. Welcome along. Neil and guests. Yeah, I, I think my brother's right. Um, he says people lack courage. I think mostly it's the, the church leaders. They should be speaking out more that um, what is happening now in nature, especially our judgments of God, uh, they say climate change, the other people, but that's because, you know, climate change, they, they try to fix it on their own. But these are definitely judgments of God. And he also says the media is ignorant, and, and I agree with that, but it's most the church. Most of the church is uh, ignorant of end-time prophecy and God's uh, warning their judgment. Uh, if, the, if they had that knowledge, you know, the Bible says, my people perish due to lack of knowledge. That's right. Chris, great thoughts there. A quick response from Dave Pello. It's it's very important for every single person to do what's right in front of them. Uh, there's a verse in Scripture which exhorts us, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your strength. So I, I don't want pastors to point the finger to their congregations, and I don't think they mm. do. And I don't want um, congregations to point the finger to their pastors and say, let's leave it to the Christian mm. leaders. Every single one of us must put our shoulder to the plough and uh, and do this task of justice in the public square. Never ever use the word social justice. Little caveat. Mm. Uh, with all our strength, this is our democracy. This is our gift, and we uh, must be faithful stewards of this gift. 
Okay, thank you so much to Chris in Victoria. And to just sum up here, we've been talking about the Church and State Summit. It's coming in just a week and a half from now. And for those listeners who may be around southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales, there still may be a ticket for you to get. And I think these tickets are very reasonably priced. You'll have to check the website for the ticket prices to be a part of that. You can still get early bird tickets but today only. Okay, so uh, churchandstate.com.au. Now, that's the website also, and this is the interesting thing and important thing for listeners all around Australia. No matter what state or territory you're listening to us today, you can be a part of the live or delayed streaming of all of the speakers at the summit. Uh, Dave, this is an important aspect because you're not wanting this to be a localised thing for Queenslanders. You want this to be for everyone around Australia. I know you might have have plans in the years to come to take it to different states, but this is your opportunity to live stream. People are coming from interstate. There's lots of people, maybe a third to half of the tickets that have been sold already have been sold to people interstate, and they're coming to Brisbane because they're craving this uh, intensive training on how to engage in the public square. We've even got some guests coming from New Zealand, but there are plenty of people buying video tickets because they can't come. It's only $20, and you can even get last year's videos as well for $10. Okay, there's a real opportunity there and uh, when you think of the price of an air ticket and accommodation and all of the things that m- might go along with that. Hours and hours of training in those videos. $20 to stream the entire event and have access to all of the speakers who will be there. Uh, Dave, just give us a quick little rundown on the speakers that will be there. I know Pastor Mark Powell is one of those speakers. You mentioned Miranda Devine earlier. Uh, there'll be a lot of names that listeners to this program will be will be familiar with uh, who is going to be there on your list just running through them very quickly we've got uh, australian christian lobby director martin isles we've got uh, reverend dr mark robinson mp as well as uh, christian rowan uh, members of the queensland parliament uh, tishan johnson from cherished life uh, lyle shelton former director of the australian christian lobby we've uh, going to have a combined prayer time and then on, on friday night uh, we've got uh, Miranda and um, Senator Amanda Stoker. On Saturday, we've got Dr. Stephen Shavura, a brilliant academic. Uh, he's going to be talking to us about the reality of Marx- Marxism. We've got political posting mama that many people will have seen on Facebook. We've got Dr. David Van Gend. Uh, James Fox Higgins is a um, alternate media commentator, used to be an atheist, uh, raised in the New Age, and found Jesus and a personal relationship through political debate. Uh, the uh, effervescent Professor Augusto Zimmerman will be t- talking to us about what lawyers should be taught but aren't. And uh, George Christensen, federal MP, is going to be wrapping up uh, Saturday's program with a call to arms, telling us exactly what a politician will consider very influential uh, that every Christian can do. All right, this is an important summit. It is called the Church and State Summit, and it's on in just a week and a half from now. Let me give you that website, churchandstate.com.au. To our special guests today, Dave Pello, the architect of the Church and State Summit. It's the second summit that's coming up in just a week and a half's time. And also to Pastor Mark Powell, Associate Pastor of Cornerstone Presbyterian Church in Strathfield in Sydney. Thank you so much to both of you, Dave and Mark, for being part of 2020 today. Thanks, Neil. Pleasure. 
Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.